You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Turning your Bibles, if you would, this morning to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 8, as we're going to continue in the life that God blesses. The life that God blesses. Um, that trunk or treat was fun for me to watch the interaction between parents and children because it reminded me of my interactions with my kids when they were small. Meaning this, more than one occasion, I saw like little four and five-year-olds running, screaming from their parents as the parents are trailing them and the kid is shoving as much candy into his face before mom catches them. How many of you have ever experienced that with your kid? Like you tell them there's only a certain amount of candy that you're allowed to eat and yet you catch that kid just like taking a shovel to the Kit Kats and throwing it into their face. Have you ever, anybody, anybody? How many of your kids are sitting right next to you right now and you know what I'm talking, okay, yes, that's right, that's right. I want you guys to kind of think of this scenario. Imagine this if you would. You've told your child you are not allowed to eat any more candy. You've had enough candy. Don't eat any more candy. And then you walk into the living room and there's your child with, huh, candy. And you go up to your child and you say, I thought I told you don't have any more candy. And the child looks at you right into your eyes with big, innocent eyes. And I go, yeah, I remember that. In fact, I memorized everything you said. And not only did I memorize it, Mom, check this out. I even translated it into the Greek. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? And then, Mom, not only did I translate it into the Greek, I met with Lisa, and I'm going to start a small group next fall, all about listening to parents and candy. And it's going to be glorious, Mom. And not only am I going to do that, listen, this is what else I'm going to do. I'm going to go online, Grace Covenant online, and I'm going to find Pastor Farrell's message about children obeying their parents and not eating candy. And I'm going to listen to it. And, and, and I'm going to enjoy it. And all the while, they're still eating their candy. Do you see a problem with that picture? That the kid may be engaged in a lot of good things. I want you to know I only did that so I could eat candy in front of you. That's the only reason I did that illustration. No. The kid may be doing a lot of great things. But the kid is missing one strong thing. And what is that? Obedience. Obedience. In this series that we've been going through, entitled The Blessed Life, what we want to talk about today is the need to not just hear the Word of God, not just study the Word of God, not just to download podcasts about the Word of God, but the incredible importance of obeying the Word of God. Because how many of you know there's, there, those are two different things? You can hear without ever obeying. You can know without ever doing. And if we are going to live a life that is blessed, if we're going to position ourselves to live a life that is blessed, we have to position ourselves to be fully surrendered to whatever God is asking of us. How many of you would agree this morning that's not always easy? To be fully surrendered, unconditionally surrendered to what God is telling us to do. We started last week and we, we talked about the blessed life and, and we all agreed last week and I think we would still agree this week that all of us want to be blessed, right? 
Okay, some of you are sick. You're not like, no, no. How many of you want to be blessed? Let's, let's, let's lay that. Okay, we all want to be blessed. The Bible tells us in Second Chronicles 16, 9, that the eyes of the Lord range throughout all of the earth, that he may strengthen those who are fully committed to him. Another way of saying that, and I think it's okay to the translation, that God's eyes are looking across the entire earth and finding who can he bless? Who can he bless? He wants to bless his people. He wants to bless those who are fully committed to him. We might say this, that are fully submitted to him, that are fully surrendered to him. If you want to be blessed, you have to be surrendered. We talked about being broken last week. That we recognize our position apart from God. That without him, we're dead in our sins. And the sin in our lives, it crushes us. We hate it. We don't want it. And yet we can look in the mirror and we can see that sin creeps at our door. And we're broken over it. Now, surrender should be a natural byproduct of brokenness. When I am broken because I'm a sinner and I recognize my condition, then the byproduct of that should be, God, since I am in this condition, tell me what to do. And whatever you tell me to do, because you are God, you are Savior, you are healer, you are the lover of my soul. Whatever it is that you would say to me, Lord, that's the thing I'm going to do. Not conditionally surrendered. Unconditionally surrendered to God. That term unconditionally surrendered was last used in a very public way in World War II. There was a Casablanca conference. Maybe you can remember in your history books. And that was a conference between Roosevelt and Churchill. And they were trying to figure out how they were going to come against the Axis forces. Those of Germany, Italy, and Japan. How were they going to fight this fight? And at the end of the conference, Roosevelt shocked Churchill by saying this. We demand the unconditional surrender. Churchill wasn't prepared for that. Roosevelt was. He said the only way that this war is to be won is unconditional surrender. But then he went on to define what unconditional surrender is. And I want you to listen to it. He wanted to make sure. He said this. Unconditional surrender does not mean the destruction of the peoples of those countries. Unconditional surrender means the destruction of the philosophies that led them to this place. God does not want to destroy his people through unconditional surrender. He wants to bless his people. And what he wants to destroy is any philosophy that would say surrender to God is optional. He wants to destroy that philosophy. He wants to crush that philosophy. Why does he want to crush that philosophy? Because God's heart is for you and he wants to bless you. Because his heart pounds with him to bless his people. And you cannot be blessed when you walk in conditional surrender. This morning, I want to ask you a tough question um, that I had to ask myself as I prepared it this week. Am I conditionally surrendered to God or am I unconditionally surrendered to God? This morning, look, take, take a second if you would, even now. Would you say that your life looks like unconditional surrender to the, word, to, the, to the ways of God, to his will? Or would you say that your life looks more conditionally surrendered? I, I'll do this, but I won't do that. Here's something I like that you've told me to do, so I'll do that. But this other thing, that's too hard. 
You know what that's called? Conditional surrender. That's not what God wants in his people. Surrender is not a popular word in our culture today because it means to give up or to lose. But in God's kingdom, surrender to him is the way in which we will win. Jesus will not be an option among many. He is either the Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. One of the great things that I love about Jesus, our Savior, the one we just sang about and to this morning, is that he is a God, he is a Savior, who knows what it's like to deal with temptation and flesh. He came in flesh, and he knows what it's like to be tempted. Did you know that? That Jesus was tempted in every single way that you are. Isn't that weird to think about? He was tempted in every single way that you are. And how many of you would say it's very tempting to live conditionally surrendered to God rather than unconditionally surrendered to God? Because if I'm conditionally surrendered to the will of God, that means I can still do certain things that my flesh desires. I can still do certain things that I want to do. Being unconditionally surrendered to God means I give up everything. And there's a battle there, isn't there? Have you ever felt that battle inside you? To be conditionally surrendered or unconditionally? You know that Jesus went through that battle. He is our example of what it means to overcome even the temptation to live conditionally surrendered. Look at Mark chapter 8 verse 31. I want you to see this because this is so important. How Jesus overcame the temptation to live conditionally surrendered to the will of God. Mark chapter 8 verse 31 says, He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, that he must be killed and after three days rise again. And he spoke to them plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Come on now. <laughs> Peter cracks me up. Peter, because we all got a little bit of Peter in all of us, don't we? Peter took Jesus aside and rebuked him. How many of you all have ever had one of your children try to rebuke you? How'd that work out? Right? So Peter comes up to Jesus and he begins to rebuke him in what he's saying. Peter's telling Jesus, in essence, without even knowing this, Jesus, you're not going to do this. Jesus, you're going to be conditionally surrendered. And it's going to come without you dying. It's going to come without you facing the cross. It's going to come without you feeling any pain. That's how the devil would come to us and say, be conditionally surrendered. Be conditionally surrendered. Those things that won't cost, those things that won't hurt, those things that won't kill you. Then, then, then go ahead and engage in that. But the other stuff that's too hard, not you, Jesus. And, and, and I love Jesus' response. It's so good. Jesus then turns around. Look at this. And he looked at who? Come on now, it's up there. He didn't look at Peter. He looked at his disciples. Why? Because this was a teachable moment. This was a teachable moment of what it means to be unconditionally surrendered. He looks at the disciples. He addresses them as well as he's addressing Peter. And he says, get behind me, Satan. Dang. 
How'd you like to have Jesus say, get behind me, Satan, right? I think I just crumbled. Here's the, here's the thing, though. You know what I believe? I believe this. Jesus was not addressing Peter as Satan. Jesus was calling out what was really going on. Every single temptation that you face, especially a temptation to be conditionally surrendered to God, it is a spiritual battle at stake. There is a war that's going on between the forces of darkness and the forces of light for the control of your life. And Jesus is addressing that spiritual dynamic right here. It ain't about Peter. It's about what Satan wants to try to stall and stop in Jesus's life. And Satan wants to stall and stop what's going on in your life too. And Jesus says, listen, everybody, you got you to gotta catch this. Disciples look at me. And then he goes even further. And he says, all the crowd, listen to me. And he begins to talk about, if you're going to follow me, you got to take up your cross. That you got to die. That you got to be unconditionally surrendered to the will of God in your life. See, Jesus has seen this act before. Jesus has seen Satan try to get people to become conditionally surrendered. You might remember in Genesis chapter 3, where Adam and Eve are in the garden, right? And, And the serpent, Satan, comes up to Eve, and he says to Eve, Hey, didn't God say you can't eat the fruit of any of these trees? And she says, No, that's what he said. He said, I can't eat the fruit off of that one tree. And Satan begins to tempt her to become conditionally surrendered. And she entered into conditional surrender to God. And she took of the fruit, she ate it, she gave it to her husband. And what happened to the blessing? What happened to the blessing of them getting to live in the Garden of Eden? They lost the blessing. Why? Because they moved from unconditional surrender to conditional surrender. And God can't bless a life like that. He will continue to love you. He will continue to pursue you. But he cannot bless you in disobedience. I think so many times we wonder, Lord, why am I not being blessed? The real first question I should ask is, Jeremy, am I living unconditionally surrendered to him? Because if I'm living unconditionally surrendered to him, then I am aligning myself and setting myself up for the blessing that God has for my life. And I thank the Lord that he has given us Jesus as an example of that. Write that down as number one, if you would, that Jesus is the example of what a surrendered life looks like. There's this incredible exchange between God and the people of Israel that occurs in Exodus. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to kind of tell you about it real quick. So God said to Moses, tell the people this. If, if you're a slave, after six years of serving, okay, you can be freed. And I'm paraphrasing here. Then he said, but, but if the slave... At the end of the six years, after his term, if he loves his master and he wants to stay with his master, what he'll do is he'll go to the door or to the doorpost and an awl will be used. How many of you guys know the old fed? That's like a nail, right? And you will pierce his ear. It's a very public display that I am making a choice to be unconditionally surrendered to my master for life because I love him. You know what's interesting about this? Nowhere in the Bible do we read of anybody doing it. And isn't it weird that there's no historical ancient document that says that anybody has done that? 
Why? So why did God create this? Because it was prophetically pointing to Jesus. It was prophetically pointing to Jesus. Psalm chapter 40 is known as a prophetic psalm. Listen to its words. Sacrifices and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have pierced. Burnt offerings and sin offering you did not require. And then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God. That example was prophetically pointing to Jesus. And what was it pointing to? It was appointing for an example for us that we are to give ourselves fully over to God. We are to give ourselves publicly over to God. Our life should demonstrate unconditional surrender to God. We are to be a slave to his will. How many of you really love that word slave? Raise your hand. That's what I thought. You know why? Because we're a ruggedly individualistic society. We are our own people. Uh, the, the Joseph Tsong, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, he was a preacher in Romania when Ceausescu was in power, that oppressive communist dictatorship. In fact, he was so persecuted he had to flee Eastern Europe and he came to the United States and continued the ministry. And he said, there's a huge difference that I've noticed between Eastern European Christians and American Christians, and that is that American Christians really love to be individuals. That surrender and slavery in their mind is an attack against their way of life. And he went on to say that not only is that true outside the church, it's true inside the church. In fact, it's even weaved its way into how we've translated the Bible. He pointed out that oftentimes we have substituted the word slave in the Bible and inserted the word servant. Why? Because to be called a slave, that's too hard to hear. So we've taken that word servant and substitute, or taken that word slave, which is daikonos in the Greek. Daikonos. It means slave. And instead we put in the word servant. In fact, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 8, it says, In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Verse 7, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a what? But if you look at the Greek, it's daikonos. It's not servant. It's slave. Listen to how Webster's dictionary defines the word servant. It says, a person employed to perform services for another. Can I, can I give you a, a wake-up call this morning? You are not in an exchange market with God. <laughs> you are not employed by Him just to do stuff for Him. You are not a servant. You are a slave. Here's the word for slave. A, a definition. A human being who is owned property by and is absolutely subject to the will of another. Can you see the difference? Can I ask you something this morning? If you're conditionally surrendered, it means you're a servant. If you're unconditionally surrendered, that means you're a slave. Which one are you? Which one are you this morning? Man, this is a feel-good message, isn't it? (laughs) 
I'll tell you what, though, you're going to feel good when you're getting blessed, aren't you? You're going to feel real good as he starts just to bless you, bless your life, bless your family, bless your finances, bless your calling on your life as he blesses you because you aligned yourself the way that you were created to be aligned. Completely, 100% sold out for Jesus Christ. Come on, that's good. Listen, what we got to do is get to that place that says, I'm not going to play church anymore. We got to get to that place in our lives that says, no longer am I going to be just dipping my toes in the water. I'm going all in. All in. And all in means this. God, whatever you would ask me to do, I'm your man. Whatever you would ask me to do, here am I. Send me. That's the life that God blesses. You want our church to be blessed? Let's be a people like that. Let's be a people like Can you imagine what God could do with a church like that? Where every individual says, God, I'm not halfway in, I'm all the way in. I'm not conditionally surrendered, I'm unconditionally surrendered to you. Number two, write this down. I'm going to get you out of here. The way of man is elevation and promotion, but the way of God is surrender. We want, we want to rise ourselves up. We want, to, we want to lift ourselves up. But you know what I got to do? I must decrease and he must increase. I must decrease. He must increase. And in order for him to increase, that means, God, just whatever you say, I'm committed to. Write this down. Number three, Jesus calls us to come and die to everything that competes with his reign and rule in our lives. Die. Die. Man, that sounds fun. No. Listen, do you think the cross sounded fun to Jesus? But he was willing to die because he was unconditionally surrendered to the will of the Father. And he didn't just see the death, but he saw the resurrection on the other side. Instead of just seeing what you're dying to in the flesh, what you need to see is the resurrection of your life on the other side. What he's calling you to die to, what you got to see is past what he's calling you to die to. And you got to see the resurrection of the calling that he has on your life. You got to see the resurrection of the plans and the purposes that he has on your life. You got to see the resurrection of the relationship that you have with him on the other side of the dying. Is somebody hearing me this morning? We've got to get to the place that says, God, I will not stay in a place of conditional surrender because that's a place of bondage. I want to be unconditionally surrendered because that's a place of blessing. That's a place of blessing. And it doesn't always make sense. Listen, when I'm conditionally surrendered, there's a lot of things that God tells me to do that doesn't make sense. When I'm unconditionally surrendered, it makes all the sense in the world. Like it makes no sense to a conditionally, uh, a conditionally surrendered finance guy that you would give 10% of your income to God as an act of worship. It makes no sense. But an unconditionally surrendered individual says, God, I trust you with all things in my life. And if you've told me to do it, I'm doing it. It makes no sense to a conditionally surrendered individual why you would wait till you're married before you have sex. No sense. That don't make sense at all. That's not even natural, they would say. But to the unconditionally surrendered individual, it says, I trust God with my body and my mind and my soul. Thank you, the unconditionally surrendered individual would say, it makes no sense for you to go take all your vacation time this year, spend a whole bunch of money, go to a third world country, and go help somebody you don't know. That's stupid. 
But the unconditionally surrendered individual says this, God's told me to do something. I will walk in obedience, no matter the cost. I love what, I'm running out of breath. (laughs) Oswald Chambers said this. Listen to it. I wish I had it up here, but listen to this. When God's redemption brings a human to the point of obedience. Did you catch that? When God's redemption brings a human to the point of obedience. So we could say this from what we've learned over these two weeks. When brokenness occurs and it leads person to be in a place of unconditional surrender, it always produces. And then when I stand face to face with God, I would discover that through my obedience, thousands were blessed. One of my favorite books, and you've heard me say this, and you've probably read it. It comes from Rick Warren, Purpose Driven Life. And the first words that he says is this. Ready? It's not about you. Yeah, man, I, I want to be aligned so I receive blessing in my life. But like Oswald Chambers said, if I live unconditionally surrendered and God blesses my life, how many other people will that impact? Come on, raise your hand if you want to be an impactful person. How many of you want to see incredible kingdom stuff happen in your life, through your life, through your marriage, through your children, through your ministry? How many of you want to see God proclaimed and people come to a point of repentance and acceptance of Him as Lord and Savior? How many of you want that? Then live unconditionally surrendered. You can't do both. It's all in. Close your eyes for a minute. Let's do the tough stuff. Let's do the tough stuff. Would you ask the Holy Spirit right now to reveal a place in your life that maybe you are living conditionally surrendered? your eyes closed as the Holy Spirit has identified a spot that you're conditionally surrendered to him that you're not walking in full obedience to him by raising your hand it's don't do not raise your hand if you're wanting me just so, so that I can see you it's not what this is about but I want you to raise your hand as an act of saying Lord I'm going to move that area of my life from being conditionally surrendered to unconditionally surrendered if he's showing you and you're saying and making a commitment and I mean he takes oaths very seriously so don't do it if you don't mean it but man if you mean it jump in with both feet is there a, lot, a part of your life right now where the Holy Spirit would say give that to me if that's you raise your hand if you're giving it to him today and saying I'm all in awesome 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 Lord I pray for supernatural power in my friends in here right now. I pray for supernatural Holy Spirit filled power in my friends right now. That that place that you have spoken to, that place in their life that you have revealed and you've done it out of grace and out of love and out of mercy, you've shown it to all of us. Lord, that area, we now take it and say, God, that's yours. We repent. We repent of our disobedience. 
We repent of our being one foot in and one foot out. We repent of being conditionally surrendered. And God, we commit to you today, right now. We want to live our lives unconditionally surrendered. And Father, we say we trust you in that. That you have our best in front of us. So whatever it may be, God, no matter what it is that you're calling us to die to, Lord, we say take us. We sacrifice that. And we walk in the newness of surrender today. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.